Hello and welcome to I Thought You Were Special, the podcast about the music videos by the rock band Garbage. My name is Alice and I'm joined with Missy Information. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing well. Today we're going to talk about the four music videos that came from Garbage's fourth album, Bleed Like Me, which came out in 2005. Um, this was a kind of return to basics for Garbage. Uh, you'll see when we when we get into the songs, um, the sound harkens a lot back to their original their original sound, partially because of the the the, the less great uh, commercial performance of Beautiful Garbage, but also. Um, after the Beautiful Garbage World Tour, which happened in 2002, around 2003, there started to be some communication breakdowns between the band. Um, they started getting on each other's nerves and started, there was a lot of infighting. And they actually called it quits for a short period of time. They didn't make this public, but... Um, and then Butch Vig and Shirley Manson decided, no, we're going to keep the band together. And so everyone moved out to Los Angeles and they recorded this album. Which is, which, let's just go ahead and go into the first single. Um, I am excited. Now, in 2005, that's roughly a decade after their first album, correct? Yes. So, yeah, this, this first song is called Why Do You Love Me? And we'll talk about it a little more after, after we watch the video. All right, here we go. Music video is queued up. We shall start it in three, two, one, boop. Ooh, hard, heavy opening here. So we are... Sh Shirley is waking up in her bed. And the bed... With full makeup yeah. on, of course. Oh, and it has liar behind her. So is she the liar? Is the partner the liar? Who knows? Yep, just getting out of bed with her dress and her fishnets. Totally on, yep. Well, you know, she wasn't up to any hanky-pinky last night, or put herself together afterwards. Why don't you? Yes. Also, this is a return to Red Hair Shirley. If you remember, Shirley was blonde during the Beautiful Garbage yes. era. Although this music, goes, music video is black and white, so you wouldn't be able to tell from it so far. Right. Well, I mean, you can tell that she's not blonde. You can anymore. tell she's not blonde. You, yes, the specificity of red is not is not necessarily there. Fair, fair, fair. Um, up, oh, she's she's going into the kitchen where Duke is. They're giving each other weird glances. I do like how, at least I can tell, all of this is done like at location of a place where they film stuff because the the opening yeah. had them going through like tunnels underneath a, a stadium shooting like some kind of thing oh trash in the bar yeah. oh S steve is throwing throwing bottles they're all fighting they're painting like the blondie stripes the black and white stripes and he's painting yes. the the black stripe just white <laughs> oh i love the pattern on her dress yeah. She's got a like shining carpet like blazer yeah. going on. You're right in that this is a return to the original form. It's really good. Yes. Watching herself on the screen. Yeah. 
I mean, I would be asking the person who doesn't love Shirley Manson, why? Why? Why don't you love her? Mm -hmm. Oh, and now we are out of black and white. Yeah, the bridge just turns into this very quiet instrumental piece. It's a little more of that electronic drums that you got from version 2.0. I like that her her eyeliner looked wetter than she was in the bath. Yeah. And we do it again. Back up. So these are all actual garbage fans who had um, applied to be in the video. Oh, that's so cool. I do love when bands uh, are able to get their fans into experiences like this. Yeah. Oof, great. Great song to open this yeah. with. Yeah, so this was their first single off the album. It was a pretty big hit. Um, it was their biggest radio single and charting single since Stupid Girl. Um, it kind of crossed over and got play on modern rock ra radio stations, where previously they were limited to just the like pop stations and the alternative stations. This one this one hit much wider with the with the with the very big guitar sound. Um yeah, I when I got this album, I thought I didn't know what to think because I didn't really love Beautiful Garbage that we talked about before, mm -hmm. but I also felt like this was kind of a it kind of felt like they were making a play to just be mainstream in a way that I guess like at the time it, I felt like they were selling out, of course, okay. which, which is a which in hindsight is a stupid thing to think. Um it does it does it does sound a lot like their first album more so. Um but it took a while for me to for this album to grow on me. Um, the music video was directed by Sophie Mueller, who actually directed all of the music videos by or all the music videos for this album. Um, and she had previously worked with the band as well. Um, the this music video we just watched for "Why Do You Love Me" was meant to demonstrate the sort of strife between the band that happened between "Beautiful Garbage" and the release of this. I was I was going to ask because I picked up on. I mean, I was—I can't say subtle themes, but there were moments where like they picked him, him trashing stuff, the isolation, the fact that you know none of them are really kind of talking to each other at points, but they're sort of reacting, and then them coming together, you know, at the end and playing for it was like it felt like to me, yeah, the black and white moments were definitely meant to depict a before. And then everything from color was sort of afterwards in that. Interesting. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. That's so cool. Yeah, um, that's what we that's what we're here to do on this podcast. Why don't we go ahead and move on to the next song, which is the title track off the album "Bleed Like Me." Well, I certainly don't hope I pop an artery because I don't want to bleed like me. In three, two, one, boop. All right, we're in. So I realized I probably only watched this video once when the um they put out a, a DVD in two thousand seven mm -hmm. called Absolute Garbage, which with all the music videos. And I don't think I've watched it since then. So she is dressed as a nurse in a like a ward because it's a bunch of beds, but they're all empty so far that we can tell. 
a lot lighter than the heavy rock we had before, at least in the buildup. Just yeah. mostly the bass and the drum. You can tell, yeah, that little electronic part of the drum as well. The other band members are all her fellow doctors or nurses. I do like how there's just a slight Dama Matrix bent to her outfit. It's not like heavy, but just oh, the yes. black, the leather glove, like, you know, evocative. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like this really leans into the sexual image that she had as a as a performer. If you think about, like, um, some of the singles off the first album, like like Queer, where she's basically seducing someone um, and, and Number One Crush, which was the bonus song from Romeo and Juliet, um... They didn't really ever play with this in the videos up until now. Ooh. Punching through a glass wall or glass door would definitely blink and bleed. So she's stealing some sort of files. Ooh. Yeah, she's wearing a Zorro mask. It's definitely not her. Yeah, wearing my signature outfit, breaking into here, no one will recognize me for sure. This would be a great Halloween costume that no one would ever recognize. That is absolutely true, but it's so distinct. Yeah, these verses are really, really light, and I love it. I like the use. I, I don't know if you've been paying a lot of attention to the lyrics, but I will say the lyrical content on this album is a lot less personal. It's a lot more like Shirley's writing songs for anyone mm -hmm. as compared to feeling like they're talking about things from her, from her own life. Which was, which again was another like kind of turnoff for me when I, when I, the, the album came out, but in hindsight, I get it. I like the recurring motif they had of the Rorschach tests. Yes. So there's a shot of the rest of the band um, looking at her through a two-way mirror. While she takes her legging down. Zipping her cleavage. Okay, well, if the BDSM wasn't sort of obvious there, all those straps on the back of her corset. Yeah. Okay, that's a very cool shot of her hair unfurling while she's laying on a bed. Yeah. How did they do that, I wonder? I, I imagine it's kind of stop motion-y. Yeah. They just had her lay still as they as they had people come in and out and pull her hair. My guess. Although it did look like it was reversed, so maybe not. Yeah, I thought it was reversed, but then when you said it was stop motion, that actually makes sense. Yeah. I, I, so yeah, that's that was that was bleed like me. I was just reminded of the days when you would record into tape recorders. Uh. Yeah. Um, again, that that video was was um, directed by Sophie Miller, who did all four. Um, I'm gonna. We have a bonus clip here, which we can watch. Which is there was a CNN behind the scenes of this making of this video. Ooh. CNN. It's real short. Yeah. Oh, CNN headline news. Oh, fine. Okay. I'm ready to start this uh, in three, two. One. Boop.
the rock band garbage has to deal with pretty rotten stuff. Oh, it's the wool turn. I go there. Ah, uh, community hospital. Got it. Here's some footage of blonde Charlie. I'm assuming she had surgery on her vocal cords for nodes. Yes. Oh, I just noticed that they have Vorschach tests on the back of their jackets. I don't know if we saw jackets, that. Jackets, yes. Yeah. I think there was only one shot of it, but yeah. Look at that CD case. Yep. They're talking about if they broke up. Also, this is the wrong lower third. That's Butch, not Steve. <laughs> I do, like I said, we never we never officially broke up. We don't know if we did or not, but we're here now. Yeah. I did you? I didn't know if I knew that. Oh yeah, I definitely he said definitely, that. Before. He said, I, yeah, I, I, it left me again, but it still blows my mind that he produced that. He, never mind. He, he produced Never Mind. He also produced one of the early Smashing Pumpkins albums. I forget which yeah. one. Um, yeah, and and those are both recorded at Smart Studios, also, which is where the first three albums were recorded. Also, apparently, he's been turned into an Airbnb, is what I've oh. learned. <laughs> I forgot the phrase sex kitten. Oh my word. Uh, probably best left in 2005. Yeah, I was just like, did. <laughs> I, I was even trying to think, what's the etymology of that? I'm like, you know what? I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, Bad Boyfriend was one of the songs on, their, on that album, which I really like. That was the one that Dave Grohl played drums on, but it unfortunately was not a single, so there is no music video for it. Very interesting. That I mean, the, yeah. my biggest fascination with that clip is them just not outright admit. I mean, again, because I think it's true. They said we don't we don't know if we did. We're still discussing it and giving a diagnosis of of what was happening. But they're together again, and that's kind of what matters in the now. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go ahead and move on to the third uh, single. Sex is not the enemy. And again, I think I've only watched this video once. Whenever you're ready. Okay, I am ready. Three, two, one, boop. Ooh, we're in a hotel. Shirley's beckoning us to follow her. Oh, and she's on yeah. the toilet. I mean, she's not using it. She's just sitting on it. Yeah. We are in full red-haired mode right now. Yep.
I don't know what this vocal effect is called, but that sort of like slight distance effect on her vocals. Yeah, it's like a, it's like compressor to make her kind of sound like she's coming through a telephone. Yeah. So she's just jumping up and down in a bed. She she's just kind of not trashing a hotel yeah. room, but kind of acting a little wild. So it was a lot of quick shots of her just laying in bed and stuff. Now she's out on the strip with the megaphone on a milk crate, letting everyone know that sex not the enemy. I remember just really not liking this song back in the day. It's kind of I'm kind of ambivalent about it now, but it just didn't feel like garbage to me for whatever reason. Uh-oh, here come the NYPD cuz she's dare using a, a megaphone and saying sex is is good. So is she implied to be a I guess is she implied to be a uh an escort or something? I don't know. I I'm not, yeah, I'm sure. I don't think so. No, it's just. I think it's. Yeah, I think it is just. You know, because she's sex positive, they're arresting her. Yes. And illegal use of a megaphone, maybe. I don't know the laws. Maybe. So now here's Ooh. live shots of them. Yeah, shots of them at the at a concert. Yep. This is the 9:30 club in Washington D.C. Oh, very cool. A revolution is the solution is an interesting refrain because I can see how she's flashing her breasts. Okay. Oh, oh no. The cops are arresting her on stage. Oh, no. Is this a skit? Is this real? What's happening? And the band is still playing. Oh, no. They're putting their instruments down, but the music's still going. That would be really fun and wild. Like, hey, at a concert, okay, we're gonna film like a real quick skit at the end of this. Uh, we are just gonna have her mm-hmm. playing. Then these these cops are gonna appear and pull them off stage. Or even better, they were all acting. They were all very like you could tell the audience was briefed on it because they were all just like standing there watching it happen versus like reacting as if it were real. <laughs> Which is just kind of a, yeah. a, a funny aspect of it. But might be the commentary of people just standing by while the things happen. Who knows? Yep. Other thoughts on the song or the video? Um, you're right. It's not. It lands right in maybe the middle of these songs. Well, not maybe lower middle, but again, a, a lower song yeah. for garbage is still a better song than most. Is how I'm feeling. So it, it, I, yeah, all of the songs that I don't love, I still like, and that's where I'm at in this. You're sure. like, I do like that song, and it had some good stuff going for it, but. Uh, of the ones we've listened to so far, Bleed Like Me, I've liked the best. Um, and this one certainly sounded more like the first one in that trying to replicate, uh, or not replicate, but but going back to that original sound from the first album. Yeah. It, it, it's like, it, it felt like store brand garbage to me as compared to like name brand garbage. Like where it, they're trying to do it, but it's just not as effective. It does sound like someone else tried to write a garbage song. And gave it to them, then gave it to Garbage to do. I mean, knowing that obviously Shirley worked on it. 
but yeah, if you think about like how they they weren't really working well together as a band, they almost broke up. You can kind of hear that in the songs. Yeah, that, I do wonder if this is them like if this was sort of a compromise piece. Have they ever have they ever spoken up now since about what was going on then as to what led to it or is it still fairly I want to be the word. They're being opaque about it. No, they've 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 talked pretty openly about it. Um, I, I I haven't done the research to be able to tell you, but I de- I know that they have talked very openly because, like, spoiler, this is this is not their first hiatus. So, mm-hmm. um, the the hiatus between three and four was not their first hiatus, and so um, they've talked pretty at length about about um, having to grow as people and 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 put aside old old conflicts and things. Yeah. You when you're with people for a while, you sort of. When people change and evolve, and then you have to deal with the new, you know, as well as remembering the old and taking with it, it's like any relationship. It grows. Yes. Yeah, and and ten, and ten years in, and also just like I think it, their Wikipedia talks about how they were ha- because they were having commercial trouble as a band, like because mm-hmm. Beautiful Garbage was not commercially successful. I think that added a, a, a layer to yeah. it, and like Butch Vig knows that he can just be a producer and he could just be produce albums for the rest of his life and surely will clearly get something else going. Um, and so I think, I think that's part of where the conflict came from. Um, yeah, let's move on to the last song for, for bleed like me. It's a song called run baby run. And I realized as I was compiling this, I don't even remember what this song sounds like. So, oh, so we're both going to be in for a perfect. surprise. And here we go. Run baby run in three, two, one, boop. Okay, shot in her bed and then an airport. Her on the floor. Oh wow, we're we're getting a lot of different things to begin with. All right, I wonder what airport this is. Let me know if you identify. Uh, it's Charles de Gaulle Airport in France. Right on top of it. Bam. Yep. I'm pretty sure all of the public shots here are illegal because there's no way they got a permit just to film this <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I, I am very curious about when I see the filming of some things sometimes, and you're like, those people in the background look like they really don't know what's happening. <laughs> and so I think this is just yep. real. On a subway. I say this every episode, and I'll say it again. It is insane how gorgeous she is, how wonderful her voice sounds. Like, I just really... Yep. I don't want to say she can do no wrong, but at this point she has done no wrong <laughs> within in terms of the band and, and the music and stuff. She did she did really like Joker though. <laughs> That's either a call a, not a hate watch call forward or call back. Yeah, I don't know where we are in the schedule. Um Yes, yeah, so this is just a lot of shots of her hanging out in a city. Eating some fries on the street. Ooh, at an Olympic Stadium. Well, now she's looks like she's in Germany, based on the uh, signage that I saw for yeah. this here. Wonder yep. if they filmed this while on a European tour, or if uh, almost certainly. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if uh, the director was traveling with them when they took this, or if she just cut it together. I'm curious. Yeah. No, according to Wikipedia, she uh, Sophie Miller was traveling with the band at least for the duration of these of these shoots. That's very cool. 
or, or these days where they were on tour. I feel like this is a music video trope, like following someone on a trip through a bunch of different cities. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs, uh, "Run Away with Me" by Carly Rae Jepsen, has a video like this. It. That's a music video I like. It's very much, yeah. It's a trope for bands, especially because I'm sure one, as we've talked about, it's easy to do just to film stuff while you're on the road and to get it that quick disposition. But also, it's sort of a, a, I think, a story that they can relate to, and. A lot of people can relate to just the the hustle and bustle and doing a lot, but yeah, not not a lot of people are traveling across across Europe and, and things like that. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a glamorous thing that that for bands isn't actually glamorous. I mean, I'm sure it is to a point, mm -hmm. but it's also for them it's grueling, and for everyone else it's like, oh, you get to go to all these cities and see all this stuff. How wonderful. It's like, yeah, I'm barely in the city, and when I am, I'm in the venue or at my hotel, and then yep. as soon as we're done, we're leaving to go to the next place. Yep. Got some cameras but even though this is, surely. Um, even though this is, like, arguably staged, this video feels much more realistic for her. Like she's she's not putting as much of an act on as she does in the other videos. That's in my opinion. Very true. And I also can understand why I didn't remember this song. Yeah, this one sounded even more generic than the last one. Again, not bad, yep. but it, I feel like of all of the batches of songs we've done this is the one where all of the songs have been most similar to me because yep. one three and four are very similar and two stuck out really because there was a slight more production that made it feel like the second album in or, or not second or third album in my opinion just a little more producing layering where mm -hmm. these other the other four sound very much i can understand now <sighs> And I know, I know we talked about this, but just thinking again, in the context of Bud being a grunge producer, that these sounds here sound similar to like Foo Fighter albums of the time. Yes. Very yeah. much, or not even time, but even a little bit earlier. And that right. through line really drove that home. And I think I was listening a bit more for that on these last songs. Like, yep, yep, that's that sound. That's that's why I'm mm -hmm. I'm trying to relate it to is... is uh, as, you know, that mid-90s rocketing. And it makes sense yeah. why, as you would say, it sounds mainstream, because that was the sound that was going on at the time, which is a little bit different than than what they had been well, doing. Actually, kind of around that time, that's this album came out in 2005, which is really the time where the, like, New York indie scene, the whole Meet Me in the Bathroom um, group of bands, like... Um, the Strokes and the AA Yaz were coming up, and so music itself was changing, and, and like guitar-based rock was on its way mm -hmm. out. I kind of think that "Why Do You Love Me" succeeded as a single because because it had a, a grunge sound, and there weren't a lot of bands doing that at that yeah. time. Yeah, this album could um, this album could have been. You could have told me, oh, this album was from '97 to '99. I would have gone, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that was rock at that time. Yep, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. Um, and it was it was a little conflicting for me because as a fan, like 
seeing why do you love me get really get, get a lot of airplay and get and be really successful was was good because I was happy for the band, but at the same time, just not really emotionally connecting with the album or the songs really. You know, I felt weird. Um, I will say this is uh, after they toured while they were touring this album was the first time I got to see the band live. I saw them in Milwaukee at the Eagles Ballroom, which is one of the concert venues in Milwaukee. Um, It was a really good show and I really liked it. I remember thinking, why am I going to this if I don't like their most recent album? But it was it was good. It It was a really good show. And I didn't get to see them again for a very long time. So I'm glad I went then. Um... And yeah, after after uh, around 2006, late 2005, 2006, the band decided to go on a hiatus again, uh, formally. And so this is the last album for a while. Um, they they do release a uh, greatest hits collection called Absolute Garbage with a DVD in 2007. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is it for a little bit. Um, you know, have. Thinking this was the last album the band was going to make, I, I really kind of just gravitated towards the first two. Um, I've definitely developed more of an appreciation for some of the songs, especially on Beautiful Garbage over time. But, you know, um, I don't, it's hard for me to, to, to uh, it's hard because I want to compare everything to those first two albums because I just love them so much. Yeah, it's, and that's interesting, especially my own preference for the first two albums. Um, really not even based on anything that you've said, just based on my own, the type of music that I I would listen to as well. And that is, you know, it's the era from where we did get The World Is Not Enough and Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm Paranoid were the songs that I am familiar with them with. So I'm sure it's also too just, there's a little bit more ubiquity in those tracks because they are what I would have heard Um just heard in the radio and had an expectation of what garbage sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, when we when we return to I thought you were special, we're gonna be getting into the post hiatus albums, which are a fun ride. Oh, I'll tell you, oh, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, um, some high highs and some and low yeah, lows. So, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> But that's going to do it for this episode of I Thought You Were Special. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, as always. I really, I have just enjoyed the experience to just listen to stuff I wouldn't use to, but also just, I am now fascinated by how this band's arc is going. Now that I know here we're at this hiatus, it's like, where do we go from here? They were even asking themselves that during this album. And they had the answer to the question, well, maybe we go back to where we were. And that wasn't the answer. And so now they have to go from there. Oh, gosh, I'm so... And I just don't know what they're going to sound like. It's, it is just knowing their range. God, who knows? Oh, oh, I can't wait. I mean, I can wait, but I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. So as we always say to end the episode... Make sure when you're interviewing artists, get the bottom third correct. Yeah, get the lower third correct. God damn it, CNN. I want it all accurate this is when people started mistrusting you cnn this is the moment fix yourself